With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rebel Edition. I'm your host, Bailey. Corey's not here for this episode, maybe temporary. He may be in the middle of it. I don't know yet. Uh, it's just me and Carissa right now, though. Carissa, how are you? Um, I'm good. It, <laughs> it felt like a Monday today. How are you? Okay, it has been a long day. Mm-hmm. Yeah been a long day i think we're both pretty sleepy it's a good sleeping weather here this evening here too. yeah so uh but we got we got a couple things to talk about catch up on we we missed uh last week so we'll get caught up on some things we'll start with the commissioner's cup championship game and for those of you that missed it, the Commissioner's Cup game was played right out of the All-Star break. And it featured the Sky and the Aces. Right? I got that right. Yep. It's mm-hmm. been so long already. Chris, what did you think about the Commissioner's Cup this year? I thought... The rollout was better. Um, the trophy was great. Good energy, good crowd at Wintrust. Yeah, I thought it was just much better than last year. A lot closer game than last year as well. I agree. And the Aces, the Aces did what needed to be done. <laughs> yeah, they they got off to a really strong start. The first half was really dominant the the sky storm back later on mm-hmm. but but yeah it wasn't I, enough not quite enough no but I, I definitely think that it was a great great game and a, a great improvement on that product I still don't know I still wonder about how much emphasis the players put on the commissioner cup games mm-hmm um, but I do think because essentially it's the first 10 games against teams in your conference. And while conferences in the W are like only somewhat relevant, I do think that's a pretty, pretty smart way of doing it to keep them, those games important. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a good way to raise a lot of good money for good causes as well. And, like you said, I think the rollout was better. The promotion was better. The trophy was dope. Mm-hmm. I, I it might be better than the finals trophy. 
respectfully. So, so yeah, I'm with you on all of that. I thought it was a great game. Chelsea great to call him the MVP of that game. She had, let me, let me confirm what her stat sheet was. Yeah. She had 19 points, five assists and four rebounds. Um, Really, she was really important, specifically in the third quarter, uh, keeping the sky at bay. It's like every time the sky would throw a punch, Chelsea Gray was orchestrating something to uh, keep them from taking advantage of that. And Asia Wilson had 17 points, 17 rebounds, six blocks, two assists, and two steals. And that was a first time in WNBA history stat line. So I feel like, you know, that there, there was definitely a case for her to win the MVP. But I do think even beyond the stat sheet, I think Chelsea Gray, without her, they may not win that game. So I know some people were kind of confused by her choice, um, given Asia's monster stat line, given Kelsey Plum's 24 and 6. But I, I do think that if you look at most valuable player of that game, beyond mm-hmm. the stats, I think they got it right. So. It was fun. The Aces have uh, seemed to have kind of recaptured their first half energy. Since then, they they're back, kind of winning games and playing great defense again. They look a little more rejuvenated. So, do you have any other thoughts about the Aces or the Sky or the Commissioner's Cup game? Um. Yeah, I don't agree. I think we mentioned it on the last pod. I don't agree with the. The crypto earnings, <laughs> but uh, yeah. and then also I do agree with the MVP being Chelsea Gray because honestly I didn't know at the end of the game it could have went to all three, like it could have went to either three of those um, players. But like you said, it was the choice that she made down the stretch. Um, and then as far as the sky, we've been acting up lately, <laughs> and <laughs> and I really hope we we get it together because these turnovers are not it. You know, you you gotta tell them they act up. They're gonna get snatched up. You gotta be, mm. you gotta get them right. That ain't up to me. <laughs> hey, you never know. But um, along with the commissioner's cup, we've had a few injuries that are pretty tough blows uh, for these teams. One team wasn't really in the mix for anything other than a draft pick. The other is simultaneously in the mix for a draft pick and a playoff spot, a high draft pick, I should say. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell uh, was announced that she's out for the rest of the regular season with a partial plantar fascia tear in her left foot. Obviously, that sucks for the Fever, being their uh, best player and probably their best veteran. But it could also be a blessing for the Fever as it pretty much eliminates any chance they have of winning games, but it also gives their rookies and young players even more reps than they were already getting. Um, And it gives them a chance to see them more in action as a unit on the off chance they were to decide to move on from Kelsey Mitchell and go full rebuild around, say, Nalissa, Queen, Henny, Anxler, Lexi Hall, the, you know, just whoever the – long list they have of of young players there and then in Atlanta 
it was announced that AD would miss the remainder of the season as she or as they sorry as they prep for surgery on their right hip. Another tough blow for Atlanta. They're really banged up right now. Yeah, coffee's been out. Mo Billings has been out. And AD had really found a home back at home in Atlanta, averaging just under 11 points in their 16 or so games with the dream so far. What do you think about those injuries and their impact on everything so far, Chris? What do you think about those? Well, you saw the impact of Kelsey Mitchell's the game after with Destiny Anderson going off and having one of her best games so far. Yeah. And then as far as with the Dream and AD, I mean, they've just been so clutch for Atlanta. Like, the vibes are there, the energy's there. They're doing what they need to do on offense, on defense. It's just such a great fit. And yeah. it's always – it seems like it's always something with Atlanta, like – these these last few games are so crucial and something always happens. So I really hope they pull it together and we get at least, you know, Mo Billings or Nia Coffee, somebody to step up and come back off that injury list. Yeah, when we had they had the open practice that I went to and Monique and Nia both said they're progressing. Um of course they couldn't give a lot of specifics, but it seems to me like Monique will be back probably before Nia, if I had to take a guess. It feels to me like uh, Nia's there may be a little more careful with it. And it may be, um, I don't want to say more severe, but it may be just a little more difficult to treat. Because uh, Mo had a really bad ankle sprain. And that's pretty common. And they haven't really said a lot about what Nia had. Um, but neither of them practiced when I was there, but they were off getting individual treatment and um, we had a chance to speak to them. And I just asked each of them, you know, how they were feeling, how their recovery was going. And, and, you know, it just, it seemed like Nia's might be a little more um, lengthy comeback, even though I don't believe it to be anything severe, Um, just maybe a high level sprain or whatever. I'm not like, I don't remember the details of what they said or what they've released in terms of details, but, mm-hmm. um, but I do, I, I would predict that Mo comes back first. And then let, don't let me forget about uh, Bria Hartley and that unfortunate injury she had. She's out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL just in her, what fourth, third or fourth game with the sun mm-hmm. had really kind of found a home. And really fluky, just hustling after loose ball, planted wrong, and that was that. And she just came off of, I think, that same injury in the other knee, what, two years ago? hmm So that's just a really kind of really unfortunate week in terms of injuries for a handful of different teams. And the biggest news that we have to talk about, we had a contract, another, another, another contract divorce. Um, Liz Cambage is no longer employed by a W team. She's no longer employed by my W team, the Sparks. Uh, they agreed to that. The report was. 
ass. He was frustrated, and there was tensions for a couple months, and she was frustrated by getting touches. There were all, I don't know how true this these reports are, but there were reports that Fred was considering keeping her coming off the bench in the wake of Cheney starting those couple games and really playing very well. Mm-hmm. And that that maybe took her over the the edge. A lot of, a lot of rumors, uh, details are, you know, they keep those things usually kind of close to the chest, but uh, she's gone. And mm-hmm. if I wasn't as tired, I'd be a lot more happy. Um, but also it is... Whether I like it or not, this roster is not well built for life without Liz. Um, I do think that was a flawed logic on Derek Fisher's part, as most of his decisions were. Um, And, you know, this kind of felt inevitable. And there was a lot of reports that the players felt that this was inevitable, they weren't shocked by it occurring. It was more so shocked by the timing. And um, apparently they just had a game and she said, I'm through with this. Good luck to y'all. And that was it. So, yeah, like I said, normally I would have a lot more thoughts, but I, I'm glad she's gone, even though the Sparks have not won without her yet. I think it'll you know, I, I think it's pretty low and unprofessional for her to leave when she did. And I could really sit here and just kind of go off on her, but I'm not going to do that. I've already, you know, kind of done that in other places. But what do you think about it, Chris? What do you, what do you think about Liz? Um, you know, do you think she gets a second ch- chance or third or fourth or however many chances this is? Do you think she's done as a basketball player? What, what, do you, what do you think is going to come out of this? I think, uh, you know, the rumors are the rumors, and it happened. And I honestly think it was best for both parties, for the Sparks and for Liz, because even when she was with the Aces, I mean, half the time, most of the time, she didn't look like she wanted to be there. She didn't look like she wanted to play there. She didn't look like she wanted to play in the Sparks most of the time. So it's just like, if this is not what you want to do, like, let somebody else have that 144 spot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it, it's crazy because she always talked about wanted to had make her way to LA and want to be with Fred and all this stuff. Like, and kind of looking back on that from the beginning of the season. Now it just seems very fake. I had doubts about it then. And now it's just like, well, here we are. Um, it does open up some money for LA and they've re-signed Keanu Smith in the wake of that. I think, I think that was probably just really temporary. She's on a seven day. Uh, I do think if they want to make a longer deal signing, maybe for the rest of season or something, they should go for another big just to bulk up the rotation uh, or, or a shooting wing. And, and either of those things would be fine by me, but I, I, do think that once Lexi Brown comes back, she's been dealing with that ankle sprain. Um, 
you'll kind of see the Sparks finish on a stronger note than they're looking right now because they only have realistically one shooter, and that's Katie Lou. And defensives have been able to hone in on her a little bit more um, in these couple games and made it tougher for her. So, you know, I think I agree with you. I think it's better for both sides, both parties. I know the um, the vibes do look better. Yeah. <laughs> the vibes do look better. Um, and so I, I think it'll be good in the – in the long or in the short term, but it definitely makes next spark season interesting because they have so many people coming off the books and don't have anything really settled for next year. Um, maybe that's a good thing, though. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's it's kind of scary because you, you think, well, what if they can't set up something competitive and, um, you know, like what if NECA leaves because of that or. What if nobody comes back because the franchise is in such a disarray? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, because I don't think they technically still have a GM. They don't have a long term coach. Um, like the 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 structure of the franchise has kind of been on blast lately, uh, and rightfully so. Um, you know, and it's Derek Fisher has left a long list of things in disarray. A lot of stains. And so, you know, next year's a year to really, I'm hoping, get past the Derek Fisher era officially. But, you know, it, it'll be hard to do. And it it may be, may be sad. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on LA. They, they're still trying to make the playoffs, but they got to start winning here soon. If they're going to do that. So is there anything else that we're missing here? Krista, anything else that we need to talk about? Mm, nothing really. It's just that that A spot is, is going to be tight. In the last three spots, really and truly, are going to be mm-hmm. tight. Who, who do you think is going to get? the last three spots so right now it's Dallas right now it's Dallas Phoenix LA and they're separated by just one game and then the dream links Liberty are all within a game of LA so the wings are nine and a half out of first and then the links or no sorry the Liberty at 11th are only 11 and a half so there's two games separating those Six teams. I got a. Did you have a busy hat? Dallas. I got Dallas. You think Dallas holds down six, or you just think they're in the mix? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, this is just in the mix. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, I got Dallas. I got. I, I actually have Phoenix. Okay. And. Hmm. Either mm, I want the Sparks, but I'm thinking I'm thinking New York. Oh, so you think New York gonna come from the bottom up? Maybe. <laughs> I know. I know New York's got uh, 
they play LA tomorrow. Well, it'll be the day this drops. And I know they have a home and away with the dream to end the season. So they could very well do that. They mm-hmm. have, uh, they have won a few games here lately, found a, found a bit of a, uh, a spark. So I think for me, uh, I'm going to take Dallas, Phoenix, okay. and Minnesota. Okay. Um, earlier in the year, I think it was when Sill had that injury and was out for like, what, four or five games? Mm-hmm. Uh, I tweeted kind of sarcastically like oh the Lynx are gonna find a way to be the four seed now but like they found a way to start winning uh aerial, yeah. pow- aerial powers has has come on nicely mm-hmm. uh mo jeff goes out there and starts showing out you always have kayla mcbride and then of course you have sylvia fowles jessica shepherd has not quite been on the tear she was on but she still you mm-hmm. know just impacts the game however she can and I I don't think they're the best built team you know I've, I've I've questioned their roster and things of that nature but they uh I think they're gonna sneak in so yeah we shall see it should be a fun two weeks yeah and you know I also look at the team like the dream and the liberty and I wonder if it's in their best interest to really, really, really push for it, not, you know, lose out for draft standing purposes. But I don't I don't think either of those teams are gonna do that since the since the race is so tight. Yeah, and they, they got some competitors on their team. I don't see nobody doing it. Yeah. So we'll see. And it'll definitely be worth watching. It'll be very exciting. Very, mm-hmm. it, it'll be fun. I mean, I don't know realistically if any of these teams win a first round series. Uh, but then I honestly don't know if any of these teams take a game in the first round. Um, but it's still, you know, with five of eight settled, looking at those last three getting put together is going to be fun just because it's shaping up to be really chaotic yeah so that's what i like chaos <laughs> chaos is good though chaos sells mm-hmm. so but anyways do we have anything else to discuss um on your end nope i'm okay okay well, in that case, I'm I'm just going to do a quick plug. I got an interview dropping on our podcast here soon. I caught up with my friend Crystal Bradford. She's been just getting back on the court from her rehab. We caught up a little bit and talked about that and uh, some other things. So that'll be dropping here sometime this week. You can catch that here. Can't wow. wait. Wherever you're listening to this podcast from, Corey will be back on our next episode as well. For those of you that may have missed him, and I hopefully we'll be we'll both be more awake on our next episode as well. Uh, but I think that's all we have. That's all I can think of. That's all Chris can think of. So that wraps up another episode 
of Rebel Edition. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back soon.